welcome to The Journey is Real. We talk to real people with real passions who share a real portion of their hearts. Today, my guest is Marnie Hill Fodorero. Did I pronounce it right this time? Yes, you did, yes. Awesome. Um, we're gonna be talking about from pain to power and it's, it's kind of gonna be a, a tough journey to talk about. So just kind of sit back and relax as we go through Marnie's journey and she'll bring us forward to where she's at today. Thank you for coming on today, Marnie. Oh, thank you so much, CJ, for having me on your podcast. I am a little jealous for those who are listening. She has the Caribbean in her backyard, literally. <laughs> so on the video, there's a picture of her backyard. It's really pretty. And it's kind of making me a little jealous. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I like it, though. It's really cool. I'm excited. Well, I lived in the Chicago suburbs most of my life. So it's only been the last couple of years that I moved to the Caribbean and retired. That's quite a, a flip. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, definitely. I like that you came south. Um, now, for those who are listening, you know, can you explain why we chose this particular title and how it applies to your actual passion? Sure, sure. So from pain to power, um, I like to think of my life as, as being a journey, just like all of us have a journey. And um, my life really seemed to just... Um, evolve after I experienced a lot of life's challenges and um, some were extremely painful mm -hmm. and and all of us have had painful challenges in our lives um, especially even this last year um, but I have chosen to handle these challenges with love and light and goodness and so I really have moved from you know just negativity and being around some toxic situations and people and um, just making the choice to live a more positive life filled with love and goodness. Right. Now, you have had quite a journey. We've kind of just slightly touched on it. Um, can you take us back and bring us forward on your journey so that the, those who are listening can understand where you're at and your mindset and you know what it is exactly that you've overcome the pain that you've overcome to being the person that you are today sure um you know just like uh many people i was you know just going on in life and i was actually living the american dream i believed i um was a teacher for 35 years wow. and a college professor for 12 of those years, really enjoyed my career, um, raising a beautiful family, two beautiful children um, in a beautiful home in a beautiful suburb of Chicago. And, you know, I just believed I, you know, everything was just going my way. And then after 27 years of marriage, I realized uh, actually, there was a defining moment that uh, my light bulb went on that I actually wasn't really living the American dream and that I was uh, very much ignoring red flags and living in a very abusive situation. What was and the defining moment? What was that? The defining moment was actually over pizza at the local <laughs> pub. Um, and my ex-husband, um, basically his mask slipped and he confessed to some very, um, bad things, some, some wrongdoings and, um, and it really made my, 
I, I was in so much shock, I could hardly talk. And, uh, but my, my head was spinning and I was thinking, I really, I started to go back and realized that, that this wasn't the first time something like this happened. This has actually been going on for a long time and I've just ignored it. And so that was, um, that was the decision where I needed to, I knew I needed to leave my marriage and I needed to leave it fast, like escape. And, um, and so that was the turning point. And um, let's kind of hang out there for just a quick second. Sure. Um, I, we've talked before the show and you're aware that I have a domestic violence survivor past as well. Right. And so it's like, when I tell people about it, there are a few questions that make me cringe, but there are a few things I feel that we kind of need to take the lid off of and shine some light on. One of the questions people often ask me is, why didn't you see it? Why did you stay? Why? And people in that situation, like you said, there were red flags. You just didn't connect them and didn't connect the dots until that one moment. Another one says, you know, my abusive past ran the gambit, the whole thing. And so they're like, well, as soon as someone laid a hand on me, I'd be out of there. You don't say that until you've been in a situation yourself. And so I guess where I'm trying to go with that is <clears throat> when you made that choice, the actual statistic is a woman usually, or a man, because it is both, they right. leave about seven times before they finally stay away. Um, I'm kind of one of those people where kind of have like the golden retriever personality where I am like loyal to a fault and I'll try to understand where you're coming from to a fault. But like, once I make that choice, I'm done. Is that how you are or did you, how did you navigate that? Well, that's a very good question. Um, and, you know, definitely it is a journey. I think at this point I'm getting stronger and stronger that if I do recognize um, a toxic situation or person, um, I'm quicker now mm -hmm. to put up the boundaries and uh, look out for myself. But I think, um, you know, I was just trying to live a fairy tale life, you know, and, and part of what, um, part of what, part of the reason why I didn't, when I, I didn't leave the marriage earlier on is I had two children I was raising. And I was very busy. I think we can get very busy with our lives. I was working full time. I was completing an advanced degree. I was volunteering in the community and at church. Um, I was busy with my hobbies and gardening. And, you know, I just, um, I, I just kept on thinking, well, you know, uh, maybe it'll get better, or, you know, he didn't really mean that, or um, maybe I'm mistaken. And there's a lot of gaslighting that, that goes on where you, you, you know, the abusers are very well versed at um, having you question your own reality. They're very, normally very charismatic. Very and much. So 
a couple of things. You never know what goes on behind closed doors is number one. Right. Um, so, you know, you can't judge a situation until you've walked it. Number two, um, you do, you begin to question your own sanity and you're like, am I really seeing this or is, am I just making it up? Or my one question I have to ask myself is what am I doing to this person who is supposed to love me to make them want to hurt me? Right, right. And I just, you know, I didn't realize, I realize it now that there is also some intergenerational domestic violence, um, things, you know, from my own childhood, and I'm sure from my ex-husband's childhood that have an impact on um, how we conduct ourselves as adults. But I definitely, you know, um, the thing I cherished most in my life are my children. And mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I didn't want to hurt them at all. And when I finally escaped, I thought, okay, that's the worst of it. But actually CJ, um, there's another layer to this. I found out that in my domestic violence, parental alienation Mm -hmm. was definitely at play here, even with an adult child. Mm -hmm. So you can raise your kids until their 20s and that um, very malevolent ex when they're trying to get revenge or this is how they're choosing to handle things is to destroy you. I mean, uh, he made sure that he took all my money. Um, he, our house was in foreclosure even though um, I was told that was paid off for 10 years. I had, I had just willingly, I ch- you know, I. I am definitely at fault of just willingly trusting and handing over my paycheck every month, um, thinking that, you know, good that, that he was managing that. I was so busy with other things. I figured, I just didn't realize that, um, you know, he basically had a double life and there were a lot of things that involved money, uh, you know, his obsession with it, um, that it wasn't being necessarily put towards our family and, for our future. So, you know, I, they, they, you lose everything you lose. And this is very common with a lot of domestic abuse survivors, men and women. I mean, like you said, it's not necessarily gender specific, but um, you know, a lot of them are afraid to lose their children. Right. And, and, you know, I just didn't think that could happen because the bonds are so strong. But that was part of my domestic violence. And, and that was the real um, pain, the real um, realizing I needed to look at my life and I have to choose, am I going to let this bring me down and consume me um, and where I just can't function or am I going to take that pain and, and turn it into power? and be strong. And I believe voices of survivors need to be heard, even though the abusers will do everything directly and indirectly to silence you. They'll use legal threats and um, they, they will get involved in your job. They'll make sure all your neighbors hear half-truths or lies. They brainwash the children. So you lose your support system. You become extremely isolated. Um, But during this isolation, it really forced me to have to look at um, 
you know, com confirm and reconfirm my values of goodness and honesty and, and integrity and, and realize I can have a positive life. It, it may not be without my children and um, it's very, very hard. I mean, a parent's heartache is, is losing a child and losing a living child to parental alienation is, is just a, a whole different kind of pain mm -hmm. and level. But I- you are, you are just completely raw by the time that you go to leave. And yeah. usually I say nine out of 10 times, one of two things happens when it comes to coming out of a domestic violence situation. You slingshot one way and you shut out the entire world because you never want to experience that hurt again, which is completely understandable. Or you slingshot the other way and you fall back into the same pattern over and over again, unless you get healing and you can find the balance in there. How did I, you? I, got, I feel that? like I got healing. I feel that I didn't go one way or the other like that. I felt that I really just, you know, um, looked, searched deep within my soul uh, for who I was. And I, I, knew that I had the strength. I've overcome many things in my life as all of us have, but I knew that I could get through this. And because of that, so many positive things opened up. Um, even spiritually, I was opened up to being aware of signs and synchronicities. And I was, people were brought into my life that were um, had good intentions and were honest. And, and I could discern that at this point after what I had been through and one thing led to another and and I just feel that I've um, I've learned that writing has been extremely healing for me but also being in the sunshine mm -hmm. being in nature um, being able to spend time at and in the ocean on a daily basis that has been very very healing for me and I just believe that um, you know I am being watched over by God or source or some divine intervention, because what really could have turned out to be such a negative journey for me actually has turned into a very positive and, and wonderful experience Good. that I'm still on. The journey is still yeah. continuing. Well, if you're, if you're done, then you're done on earth. I mean, you're always on a journey. You're always sure. learning. If you're not learning, then you're stagnant. Um, so I always tell people, I'm a work in progress. Once I'm done, then God will take me home. That's right. how it works. Um, but you mentioned writing. What things, I know you've written a book, which the title kind of cracks me up. Um, <laughs> God came to my garage sale. Could you tell yeah. us a little bit about that? Um, sure. I, my book, God came to my garage sale, is um, about an atheist woman, it's a spiritual fiction, but it's about an atheist woman who has a garage sale because she loses everything, kind of mirrors a little bit of real life. Mm -hmm. um, but she ends up having experiences that are magical and mystical. And she has people and situations and objects that, that she experiences uh, that really make her question, did God come to my garage sale? Um, is there something more to this earth? And, and I actually had the book in my head for many years because I 
have gone to or give, you know, put on garage sales in the Midwest in the Chicago suburbs. That's a pretty common thing that you will see happen on the weekends um, in the spring, usually or summer. Mm-hmm. And um, but it actually opened up for, for me to remember many magical experiences that I've had throughout my life. Um, even though I grew up atheist, so I grew up without any kind of exposure to structured, organized religion or spirituality for that matter. Um, and on my own, I kind of was moving towards that, you know, starting in college and and through raising my family. Um, at one point, I was even a lector in uh, our church for, you know, where you read from the Bible. And, and it, to me, that was a very, very interesting and learning experience. I did that for many, many years. Mm-hmm. Um, but this experience of just losing everything, including my children um, to parental alienation, um, that kind of opened up almost like in a spiritual awakening in a sense, you know, I, and then I started to research that a lot. And I started attending IONS conferences and meetings, which is International Association for Near-Death Studies and hearing numerous, actually hundreds of accounts of people that have died and come back. And, um, and some things really solidified that for me when I would hear Uh, Because I'm so, I want proof. I want evidence. You know, I don't want to just sort of believe something that I can't experience, but I would hear even uh, medical doctors that were also atheists, but that had mystical experiences. Um, And so I, I, and then I really started having so many of my own and I figured, you know, I really um, am being touched by something divine that's giving me a lot of hope. And, and so I, I wrote that book um, and you know it, it actually, it was amazing. I even, that book was even endorsed by James Redfield who wrote the Celestine Prophecy. Um, there were a number of celebrities that endorsed my book and it just seemed to be a message that could resonate with a lot of people. So it's, it's actually been a pretty successful book. I just uh, won the 2020 Best Books Awards. And, right. and then I'm being considered right now for a number of other literary honors. And I'm not so much big into awards and that type of thing. But the fact is that it is resonating with some people and that they are it's encouraging. Um, yeah, that it, it's an uplifting journey to just keep your your eyes open and, and your mind and your heart open to to um, possible guidance from above and following your intuition. I think that's something I've always done in my life, even as a little kid, um, but certainly through my um, uh, that making the decision to leave my 27 year marriage, I followed my gut, my gut feeling and my gut intuition. And I think that, um, that's, there's a lot to be said for that. So this writing has actually helped me heal because I I'm now a contributing author to numerous anthology books. And I've been asked to contribute guest articles in magazines. In fact, next month in Eden magazine, I have a feature article, but the articles are more now I'm starting to broaden my, um, my, uh, my message, my conversation to the journey 
and not just the spiritual part, but just acknowledging um, that I'm a survivor of domestic violence and how that played a role in who I am today. Um, and in the hopes to inspire other people, I get a lot of feedback that um, just my speaking up, um, because it's very scary. You are, when you are in a domestic violence situation or you have left it, the fear continues for many, many years. Mm -hmm. um, you're always trying to be vigilant and, and, and you have to be um, mm -hmm. because abusers don't just let their, their prey go very easily, you know, their targets, they, they want to continue to, you know, um, put forth this false, you know, public image and, and your speaking up kind of shatters that. Yeah. And we've seen it time and time again, even in Hollywood. Yeah. And so, you know, it, it's there. Um, you chose to go through the God came to my garage sale way of doing it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, what I do is I have 13 novels out. And so wow. little bits of my story in a lot of them. One of the series in particular is called the Grace Restored series. Um, the main character is Katie McKenna, and she does go through domestic violence from, from her father. And so in writing that story and writing and putting some of the real facts along with kind of mixing them up with the fiction facts, yeah. um, it allowed me to have control over the story. And it was almost therapeutic in a way allowing yes. me to do that. So it allowed me to shine a light on an issue and a problem that's in today's society, but do it in a way that was safe for me. Right. But also allowed um, people to have a realistic view of what it's like in that type of a situation and, you know, what was going through Katie's mind. Right. <clears throat> she still loved her dad, despite what he was doing. And the other thing I've done is a portion of the proceeds from the series is, as well as a standalone, I donate a portion of them to charity. The Grace Restored series in particular goes to Hope Store Domestic Violence Shelter in Plano. And so, you know, it, it helps to shine a light on someplace that's also doing something for that. Right. Thing. And right. Hope Store does have a residential, but it also does a lot of counseling. And so that's helped me out. It's helped multiple people out. Um, and there's such an eclectic mix in the groups. It is very helpful to see where other people are coming from. Right. And when it's kind of almost like I grew up military brat and then I also have the domestic violence survivor past. And so it's like, you almost have a radar for each other. Yeah. <laughs> you can almost detect it whether that person knows that they're in that situation or not. Right. And, you know, just like your, your podcast is called the journey is real. We all have our journeys. Um, my adult children have their own journeys mm -hmm. that they need to go through and, you know, um, bringing awareness just through conversation or on my website, you know, I, um, have other interviews, um, where shining a light on the real situations to help people realize that they have the power to make choices and to make changes in their lives so that they can be safe and happy. And, and you know, so we all have our own journeys. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't realize that they are stronger than they think they are. And after their journey, it's kind of like you're, when you leave, you're kind of going into like a cocoon 
and you have to fight your way through all of those feelings and process them in a healthy way. <clears throat> Excuse me. And when you're done, you can fly free and, you know, be strong and to be who you were meant to be. And, and that is a journey. And that's, that adds to the journey because not only you're free to be who you're meant to be, but you can take that and take it to another level because you have a strength inside of you that other people don't have. You know, that is so beautifully said. And, and, you know, my hope is for my own children that they could uh, realize that they can be their own people, that they don't need to be dependent um, on another person. And in this case, an abuser to call the shots for them and plan their life out for them, that they have it within them to, you know, be able to live a beautiful life for themselves. And for me, I'm finding writing is healing a lot. And so I'm currently working on a book of poetry and I don't have any deadline. I just write when I feel like it, but I also am choosing to live life and I'm finding a very nice balance now. Awesome. Um, for those who want to find out more about you online, how can they find you? Well, um, I have a website. It's the title of my book. So it's www.godcametomygaragesale.com. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> and, and on my website, um, it lists the different books and, and um, uh let's see, in the endorsements that have been given for, for my main book, God Came to My Garage Sale. But under happenings, I also keep that up to date with um, different events that I'm involved in and book signings or magazine articles or podcasts and that kind of thing. Awesome. Um, so we have about actually two minutes left. We kind of went over a little bit, but I think we needed to. Is there anything you would like to add? You know, I would just like to encourage everyone to um, find their own voice and look at their own life and, you know, at some point decide what is working for them and what is bringing them down and try to address that in whatever way they are comfortable and realize that we all have a journey. We all have been through many challenges, but you can choose to be open to handling it in a positive, loving way. And you can almost through that manifest good things to come into your life. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on today, Marty. We really appreciate your transparency and your honesty and appreciate you sharing your heart. Um, for those who want to learn more about Marty Hill Fodorero, you can find her on God came to my garage sale.com. That's G O D C A M E. T-O-M-Y-G-A-R-A-G-E-S-A-L-E.com. Yes, I can spell. <laughs> you got it. You got it. Yes. And thank you so much, CJ, for the opportunity to have this conversation with you. I just admire you and what you do. Oh, you. And uh, you're making a difference in the world in so many ways. And, uh, you know, we need to have these conversations because the journey is real. Right. And, and that's the whole premise behind it. I wanted to give people a voice and let people, other people know that, you know, social media anymore likes to try to just show the rainbows, the unicorns and all the, you know, goody goody stuff. But as I said, you never know what goes on behind closed doors. I don't want to let people know that, you know what, they're not alone and whatever that looks like that they're in or that they're going through. 
and to validate the fact that they are going through whatever it is they are going through. So again, thank you for sharing your heart and being transparent. That well, and thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. It was a pleasure talking with you. Well, thank you. And thank you for watching The Journey is Real. We talk to real people with real passions who share a real portion of their hearts. I'm CJ Peterson, fcjpetersonwrites.com. Until next time.